Let's start today with some movie trivia. Who knows what movie the following line is from? Mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Who knows what movie that's from? Forrest Gump. That's right, the 1995 Oscar-winning movie Forrest Gump with Tom Hanks. Well, ever since Father Jeremy's counting on fasting last weekend, I've had a sweet treat on my mind that comes in a box. But instead of a box of chocolates, it's a different kind of sweet treat. It comes in a box like this. Who knows what might be in this box? Any guesses? Donuts. Close, but not just any donut. Dare I say the best donut. And this donut was created originally to be holy. You and I were originally created to be holy. And we can be, that means that we can be filled with just about anything good. All kinds of good things we can be filled with, right? We can be filled with jelly, Boston cream. What else? Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> I'm just glad nobody said lemon, because that is disgusting. <laughs> but no matter how good whatever we try to fill the center of our lives with, it's never going to be as awesome as having Jesus in the center of our lives. In today's Gospel reading, Jesus comes into the temple and clears it out so it can be filled with God, nothing but God. And as Jesus entered into the temple, you got to realize the temple was the political, economic, cultural, and religious center of the nation. This temple was called holy, though, because it was meant to be set apart be different than every other institution and building. This was a place, after all, where God came to dwell in a special way among his people. And upon entering the temple, Jesus would have immediately noticed something. He noticed that the merchants who sold the sheep and the oxen and the doves that used to be outside the temple had moved inside the temple courtyard. Likewise, the money changers who used to be outside the temple had moved inside the temple courtyard. This may be because the temple priest began to get in on this business for his own self-aggrandizement. This was a shady business to be sure. And it was a shady business operation because of the way of it was set up. It was set up like this. People would bring their own animal to the temple to offer as a sacrifice. But this animal that they brought of their own would be rejected as not being good enough. Instead, the people had to buy the temples, uh, the animals being sold at the temple, for an exorbitant price. And as if that wasn't bad enough, the individuals who came from a different country to the temple with their own currency would have to exchange their currency with the money changers. If they gave those money changers $10 in their own currency, they would be extremely lucky if they got even $9 back in their own currency. 
So this is kind of like the scenario that happens at an airport today with bottled water, right? You show up with your own, but you're rejected, saying you can't bring it inside, and instead you have to buy theirs inside for $4 for a bottle of water. It was a complete ripoff. It was extortion. Instead of the priests and these sellers being all about helping people grow up closer to God and worship God, instead, they just use God as a front for their own personal profit, power. And they became an obstacle to people being able to worship God. Well, Jesus comes into the temple and sees how the people have desecrated, corrupted, polluted, and dishonored his father's house. And it makes Jesus furious. Nothing infuriates Jesus more than these phonies, these hypocrites who put up God as their front for their business of making power and getting pleasure and profit. Jesus sees these people have turned his father's house into a marketplace, a place of business. But Jesus has come to do his father's business. And one of the first acts of his father's business is cleansing the temple. He takes some of these little ropes that used to be used for the animals, braids them together, and makes a whip. He flips over the tables of the money changers as they scatter to try to pick up their money. And the merchants chase their beasts as they're leaving the temple area. Jesus drove them all out of the temple. This would have been well over 10,000 people. Jesus drives out of the temple with a whip. That is miraculous crowd control. <laughs> he cleanses out the temple completely. Well, almost. He came into the temple so that all that would remain in the temple is God. By attacking this corrupt system that was in place, Jesus removed everything and everyone that was not of God and that was getting in the way of people being able to come and experience God and worship God. So that the only thing that was left at the center was God. This cleansing of the temple was not a one-and-done experience for Jesus. According to St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas, this cleansing of the temple had happened two times during Jesus' public ministry. Once toward the beginning of his public ministry, around this time of year, around Passover, and a second time toward the end of his public ministry, around this time, around Passover. But this was not the end of Jesus coming to cleanse the temple. In fact, it still is occurring today here with us. Remember that each of us were created in the image and likeness of God. Each of us who were baptized and confirmed received the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. And when we received the Eucharist, we had Jesus entered under our roof to make his dwelling among us. When Jesus enters under our roof, he takes a look around. Is what he sees something that looks like a temple? Or does it instead look more like a drive-thru? A temple, of course, is an appropriate dwelling place for God, where at its center is all about worshiping God. A drive-thru is characterized by a bunch of busyness. In an attempt to try to stay full, a drive-thru has to stay busy all the time with passing things, but at the end of the day, it's left empty. 
Jesus' message when he cleansed the temple 2,000 years ago is the same message he has today when he comes to cleanse our temple. This is a sacred place for God to dwell and to be used for worshiping God, not a place for our own busyness. This busyness of ours has become the new sloth. Sloth used to be one of the seven deadly sins that was viewed as laying on a couch being lazy. Not anymore, though. Think about all those times we've been too lazy or too unself-disciplined to do what's really important or hard. So we stay busy with everything else. All too often, we've let busyness become our excuse. Our busyness is the excuse we give on why we don't follow the Ten Commandments that we heard in today's reading. Maybe we say to ourselves, I'm too busy from work and making money. I'm exhausted and don't have time to pray. Or, well, maybe I've been too busy with sports this week and I don't have time to worship God via live stream or attending Mass in person. Or maybe we say, I've been too busy building up my reputation and honor on social media. I don't have time to pay attention to what I say and whether it's building up God on social media. These Ten Commandments, though, are not just a bunch of rules. They are God's ten-point plan for our happiness. And if you don't believe me, listen to the words I read this morning when I read the Psalm 112, verse 1 in the Bible, which says, Happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in His commands. These commandments are God's way of cleansing the temple of our lives, of our own busyness, so we can get down to the busyness of worshiping God. The host that Father Jeremy will consecrate in a few moments fits the hole in the center of our lives perfectly. Jesus is here today, and he wants to come and cleanse our hearts and clear out a hole in the center of our lives that he can fill. As we look at this donut of our lives, and as we look up at these tapestries and what's around the head of the saints, we may notice some similarities. These saints who let Jesus cleanse the temple of their lives, making room at the center for Jesus to live through them, are now depicted on these tapestries with the ring of light, Christ's light, around their heads. By keeping Christ's life and light at the center of their lives, Christ so suffused their souls that now, above their heads, emanates Christ's light for all eternity. We, too, were created to live the lives of St. Dusty, St. Bob, St. Becca. With Christ at the center of our lives today, and halos of Christ's light around our heads for all eternity. So when our time has come, and we are at that moment of the beginning of our afterlife, we do not want to be like Forrest Gump who says, you never know what you're going to get. Instead, we want to live our lives with Jesus at the center, so that when it comes to that moment at the end of our lives, and the beginning of our afterlife, we know what we're going to get.